0: Welcome to In Your Area. On this special edition episode, we hear from Jennifer Gilbert, Associate Broker at Coldwell Banker in Lloyd Minster, as she chats with Matt Daigle, CEO of RISE, a sustainable housing education organization for both consumers and real estate professionals. Matt and Jen chat about the increasing importance of home and wellness since the emergence of the COVID-19 pandemic, new trends in sustainable housing and living, as well as the necessary role and responsibility that a real estate agent plays it comes to supporting consumers in buying or selling sustainable homes. We hope you enjoy. Hello, Area Podcast listeners.
1: It's Jennifer Gilbert here, Area Director, and I'm excited to be uh, sitting down today having a conversation with Matt. He's the CEO from RISE, Build with RISE, and he's going to have a conversation uh, with us today in regards to sustainable housing. So Matt, if you want to introduce yourself to everybody and let us know a little bit about your background and about Rise and, and what prompted you to start Rise.
2: Yeah, for sure. And thanks so much for for having me, Jennifer. Appreciate uh, appreciate it. Maybe to kick things off, uh, Rise is a is an online company. You can find us at buildwithrise.com. And our company sort of started on with a with a bit of a personal journey. My my wife and I, we bought our first home together. This was now six, seven years, seven years ago now. And it was a fixer upper of a house. So it was a a pretty audacious project. And we were kind of in a rush to do it. Like, I I don't, you know, I I think our story is very similar to to other folks in in their late 20s and we were actually expecting. And uh, so we were in a mad rush to to renovate this place so we could move in and welcome our first kid. And we did that. And in April of uh, 2014, we moved in. And a month later... Uh, we welcomed our first daughter, Audrey, uh, to the world. And it was a really exciting time. And uh, we had moved into a house that we had just obviously recently uh, renovated. And my wife obviously made sure that it would be a a beautiful home. She's an interior designer by trade. But then I ended up picking up my first power bill after this renovation. And I realized that it was identical to the one before the renovation. And so started having more questions. And now, you know, with having a kid, the, the other thing that did for me is it sort of ignited uh, new values. And uh, the home that we had built, did it really reflect those values? And even the paint that we put on the walls, was that safe for my kid to breathe?
1: Right. Uh, so the cost savings, uh, but also that wellness factor.
2: Totally. Yeah. And uh, I think just I think having kids in general, it kind of ignites those those new values. You come come from your 20s, and you're sort of very self, self—not self-centered, but uh, self-involved in, in, you know, trying to grow your your career. And uh, but then when you you have your first kid, it's kind of like you got to think about other people and uh, and uh, and make sure that they're going to thrive in, in this home that you just built. So that sort of combination of new values and you know not being too happy with my my latest power bill uh, sort of set me off on this journey to uh, see if there were other homeowners like me who wanted to have a, a more sustainable home, but didn't really know how to get there. And that's essentially how Rise started. And uh, so we, essentially what Rise does is it helps uh, give homeowners resources that they might need if they are thinking of having a, a home that's a bit more sustainable. And uh, when I say sustainable, uh, that's a pretty loaded term these days. And obviously a lot of greenwashing happening, but the way we think about it, it's all tied to your health, your wealth, and the planet. And essentially how um, your home can benefit you in the in, in, in those three ways.
1: Just around the terminology of greenwashing, can you just go into that, the terminology in a little bit more detail for our listeners?
2: So I think the traditional sense of what it means to be green uh, has evolved over the years, especially in the last few decades, there's been quite a bit of uh, this, gr- this greenwashing happening in terms of everybody wants to be green and eco-friendly and throwing those terms around like like it's nothing, but there's, there's meaning to this. And the meaning does depend on who you talk to. And, um, and so for us, when the company started, it was, it it kind of was built into our DNA that we we sort of told ourselves that we'd be very limited in the terminology that we use, like we, we don't talk green, or we don't, we try not to say eco friendly, sustainable is, is maybe the biggest culprit of all, but it's also a, a much more representative term and all encompassing of Uh, the the values that it brings and so when we talk about sustainability it's not just for the environment but it's also for the your you know your betterment from your pocketbook you know investing in things that are going to save you money over the long run uh, or um, also for your health which is obviously um, climbed in in um, in prosperity especially in this past year where homeowners are much more spending much more time indoors than ever and and also much more Uh, cognizant of whether it's healthy air or healthy water inside your home and making sure that you're, you're comfortable.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about uh, the, that biophilic design type element where, you know, we have been trapped in our homes or here in Alberta, we just went through a really, really cold snap where we were minus 52 with wind chill and, you know, having that safe space within your own home where, you know, for stress reduction, overall well being, um, I just think that's been so key for people over the last year. I know we're seeing tons and tons of people out renovating right now, recreating their spaces. And everything that I look into on your website on the uh, just in regards to educating consumers or in my case, um, educated buyers and, and purchasers in the marketplace from a consumer perspective and, you know, the opportunity for provincial rebates and incentive programs and just knowledge. You know, so when someone's doing that renovation, knowing about all these different types of insulation, or different types of building materials, or knowing about VOCs, when you're bringing, you build this super safe house, and then you bring all this furniture and drapery, in that changes the entire element of the space. So all of that's been really interesting.
2: So I mean, you brought up quite a few good points there. I think the way that homeowners think about their homes today is, is pretty different from 10, 15, 20 years ago. Homeowners are now more than ever involved in the process of, of building or renovating. They want to make all those decisions. And there's thousands of decisions to make when you are, especially when you're building, but also when you have a big renovation project on the go, it, it's a lot to decide. And, uh, and sometimes people leave it to the pros to to do that. But more often than none, we're seeing homeowners have a, a, having a genuine curiosity about the products that they buy and the materials that they put in their homes. And that's essentially what RISE aims to do is to make that much, much easier. When I started my, my renovation project, I, I didn't have a sweet clue. The resources that were out there just, just really didn't cut it. You go to your contractor, they might not know. And uh, so it's really our goal as a company to make that process easier. But the ultimate goal being that you know, sustainability just gets baked into the products and materials that you buy every single day. And so that it, it's really in the DNA of home improvement products so that, you know, homeowners don't need to think about it. The companies and the manufacturers that do amazing work have already thought this all out for them. And, and I think that's maybe what's happened in the past is that people have kind of put their trust in these manufacturers and that, you know, that if they build it, you know, it, it, it won't harm my health or, you know, if they build it, well, you know, I, I think it's going to be efficient. So I I, I think there's uh, there's a general shift happening in the home improvement space. And for us, we kind of stumbled into re- the the realtor realm, and we were used to serving homeowners. Uh, but we saw that there's such an opportunity with realtors and and getting very intimate with them because they essentially talk to homeowners every single day, and it's also their job to to make sure that the homes that we buy are the best homes possible and that they're also well represented and that they're they're telling homeowners about actually what's what's behind the walls what are some of the, the, the upgrades that you might think about down the road um, if you're buying this house
1: I've had past conversations in regards to you guys filling that gap with that uh, shift of awareness and just that knowledge base and and the conversation's like where does it start does it start from the consumer wanting this does it start from the 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 realtors showing being well aware of some of these products and Um, you know, not necessarily having to be the expert, but, um, you know, at at least have a sense of awareness. You've got someone who's going to renovate a home or build a new home and letting them know what their options are. But then you go to that next level of the builders. Um, you know, is it more expensive to build with sustainable products? Are they not readily available in some places? Or are we going to be able to get the price that we need for the property based upon the upgrades that we've, we've done, and I've done a lot of thinking about this and I continue to come back to it being, it's going to have to be consumer driven. The consumer is going to want, have to want this for themselves. And I think that as we're out shopping in the market, when we're, you know, um, looking at, at properties, okay, this one has triple glaze, low E ER argon windows. These are what the utility rates are for this property. Whereas when they start comparing apples to oranges, they're, they're not going to look at something ever again that doesn't have that's that was sustainable windows, right? It it the, the the other properties don't make the cut anymore.
2: Yeah, you're totally right. I think maybe five, ten years ago, that was a different story. We, I think, as an industry uh, in ho- in home improvement and and in homes in general and, and realty in general, I think we thought that it would come from the professionals. The professionals and manufacturers would take care of you know pushing that through. And in some ways, we're you know they are still responsible, but you know there's a huge shift happening right now in terms of people literally like literally taking time out of their day to figure out what why should I buy this product why is it better for me how is it going to benefit me and uh, and then that results in having a need for realtors who are that much more educated on this stuff and uh, and it's not it actually just doesn't even become it's not even a sustainability question anymore it's it's really just a as a realtor. Have you done your homework in terms of what, what is this house actually made of? Aside from the obvious visuals of, Hey, step into this beautiful kitchen. It's got granite countertops and newly, you know, redone hardwood floors and a fresh coat of paint. You know, that's the obvious stuff. The homeowner can, can see that. But what if you could pitch that homeowner and say, Hey, by the way, uh, they just put in this brand new hardwood floor. It was sourced locally. It actually doesn't off gas any toxic chemicals. They made sure of that. They also put in a new kitchen that is made with no formaldehyde cabinetry and they also source that locally. So you know being able to tell that story that goes with, with with a home and the materials that went into that home, it's it's also not necessarily a sustainability question, but it's just like knowing your the product that product. you product.
1: Yeah. And I think that's that can be key on on new construction, but then there's also the whole dynamic of resale the resale environment and a, ho- a sustainable home that comes back to market three years or five years later um, and ensuring that it's been held up to that same quality and, and standard so that, you know, with uh, solar or air quality um, is something that comes to my mind or even water quality, um, that that sustainable home has been maintained properly. So that's a whole other level to, you know, ensuring that these the the builders or that the the manufacturers um, of some of these items are around to be able to continue to have them be sustainable in the future.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I, I think there's also a parallel to be drawn between sustainable home improvement and and just quality quality products um, products that just are a bit more mindful and that you know went the extra mile. And I and I think just generally speaking, if you spell if you talk to homeowners, maybe that have. Maybe uh, higher performing homes, maybe homes that are certified to passive house standards, or maybe LEED or something like that. Uh, they'll tell; they'll be the first to tell you that their maintenance costs are extremely low. And so, I think that's that's another interesting parallel. That again, it doesn't necessarily always need to be about you know climate change and sustainability. It can just be like. This just creates better homes.
1: So uh, a part of uh, that dynamic with the realtors and being able to educate our clients is um, one of the statements I've made around the RISE uh, program before was when does it no longer become an opportunity for us to be learning about the changing building materials and the changing spaces? But when does it become an actual responsibility for us? And I've been countered on that with like, oh, well, you know, we're not, we shouldn't be experts in this. Perhaps it's a liability. And um, I say that's all about presentation, right? I'm like, it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to know everything about air quality. I just need to be able to go into a property and say, this is this is what it has. So the buyer and the consumer can go and do their own homework. And, and I find that as you continue to have those conversations with your clients, as they continue to search for homes that... They want those things in the homes. They don't want something that doesn't have those Energy Star appliances um, or, like I said, those those uh, triple glazed windows. So certainly doesn't mean that we need to be you you guys are the experts to get that information from have the great consumer portals. But I I think just having a conversation um, for all of us in the market is key. And that would also include not only, um, you know, real estate, but the next level to that is how do we get the banks to have a reality of the value proposition or to maintain that premium price from the get go and in the future?
2: This is a great, this is a great question. It almost feels like, you know, if you start learning about this stuff and you won't, I think some people might be worried down the road that it's like, oh, no, I I know too much now. I, you know, and I, I don't think realtors should take this as. You know, I need to get super in deep with this stuff. That uh, I, I become just inundated with with all this information, and it, it just becomes too much. Because you don't, you also don't want to get too technical with it. I think it's just a good exercise to be able to spot things when you walk into a house. Being able to know, you know, I I always give the example of my realtor when I, you know, when I bought my, my first home, and and it, she's still the the realtor I use today. And primarily because she actually had a background in in renovating homes herself, but her husband husband actually happened to be a contractor. And so she she knew when we walked into a home, and usually I'm I'm looking for fixer uppers. So usually I'm walking into a home and she can tell me right away, okay, Matt, these are all the things that have been done. Uh, the The roof is done, the windows are done, you know, and now you so all the unsexy money is spent. Okay, so now you might want to look at the sexy money. So things like the kitchen and bathrooms, those that haven't been done, you'll probably want to look at those before you move in and, and then being able to like, almost price out like this is what it's going to cost to bring this this home up to, to par. And that type of knowledge in a realtor and not that I would expect that from every realtor, but that sort of know-how was like the reason that I, I still use that realtor today because she just knows walking into a home. She knows, she knows how to spot things like, you know, whether or not a roof needs to be replaced or, you know, whether the the seals on the windows have gone, these are all important things and things that homeowners may not spot. And I don't think that's a liability. I I think that's a huge advantage. You also compare it to, being able to just tell a better story with the house that you're selling. I'm, I'm actually really guilty of uh, watching those uh, million dollar listing TV shows. I'm, I'm always fascinated by the stories that they tell on there when they're presenting these luxurious homes, you know, multi million dollar homes, but they have stories that are tied to almost every extravagant uh, material or product that goes into that house, whether it's The countertop that was imported from Italy and, you know, from a mine that was closing or, you know, these these types of things. These are nuggets that homeowners treasure and they hang on to that. And it's 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 these types of things that actually sell end up selling a house. And that's why they're so good at their job.
1: That goes back to my value proposition. And then something I stay, say often is knowledge is only potential power. It You have to actually apply the knowledge with your clients or with yourself in order to actually, you know, make that knowledge come to fruition um, and bringing it into those real life situations. Right. And, and home ownership is about as real as you can get for people. Absolutely. So then let's flip to the value proposition with the banks and the money side of this and, um, you know, strategies to, you know, help. Maintain that that premium price point and that value proposition.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of work being done in the, in that in, in the home improvement space and uh, getting prices to where they should be. But generally speaking, this notion of like it's if it's sustainable, it's got to cost more is uh, that that that's a myth. It's been busted many times over. It's it's all depends in how you position things with folks, and it's a little bit like buying a house. Uh, let's say you get a port... Approved for a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage, and then you have your utility bills uh, that are, you know, maybe an extra five hundred bucks a month. But typically, homeowners don't look at the utility bills; they just they look at the sticker price of the house and they go with that, and they say, "Okay, I, can, I think I can afford that." Uh, let's let's go with that. But oftentimes, homeowners miss that step of like, "Okay, what what does it actually cost to maintain over the long run?" So there are all, all these additional costs. And, uh, and I think sustainable home improvement, it's the, it's the same thing, you know, things like even the most stringent building code today, which is, I I think a lot of people refer to is, uh, is passive house. And so this is a, basically a method of building that has a, a highly insulated shell with really good mechanical ventilation. And it basically limits how much heat and heating and cooling that your home actually needs. So it's a, it's a very well insulated home. And there's this notion out there that that just costs so much more and it's just not worth it. And, uh, you know, incrementally speaking, you're talking about three to 5% on your sticker, uh, cost to, to, to have a pass, a house that's, you know, up to passive house code. But over the long run, if you extrapolate that 10, 20, 30 years down the road, it all depends, obviously, how long you're going to have your house, but, uh, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, you're, w- you're way ahead. You've made that money back and then some. Uh, just in terms of your your energy, your 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 cost savings. So, as far as uh, the banks themselves, a lot of banks. We actually we've recently partnered with a with a credit union that that has preferential terms for these types of improvements. So, I think there's there is a shift happening. Some banks are starting to to realize that uh, credit unions might just be a, a bit ahead of the the mainstream banks at the moment. But I think that's something that we can. Um, that we can we can see coming down the road as as, as well as insurance companies
1: yeah i was just going to bring up insurance actually and i think with the credit unions i think too they have that little bit more local-minded you know community uh dynamic. so when we are talking about like locally sourced items i i think that they're cognizant of that because they're just more community-minded they're in they're right here in our communities and and again on that value proposition sustainable homes you know generally from the information i've read are are lowering homeowner insurance premiums as well so there's another cost saving measure in the long run just because they are they tend to be safer and and more resilient So I think, you know, and and that's a realtor value proposition, right? When you're saying people forget to look into their insurance or they forget to look into utility bills when they're purchasing a home. Those are things that we could be writing in contract to ensure that we're getting that information in advance. And again, that's education from the realtor, but eventually should also learn to be consumer driven in time.
2: Yeah, you're totally right. I'm I'm reminded of this photo of, uh, I'm not sure where, I think it was down in Florida, but just a tornado going by and completely demolishing a neighborhood. And there's this one house that's still standing and, uh, it was built on, on ICF or insulated concrete forms. And, uh, that's just an example of resiliency. If you build resiliency into homes, especially in, in harsher climates like that. Uh, but you know, in, in Canada, we have pretty harsh climates, you know, you, we want big thick walls that are going to keep us warm in the winter. And so that we don't have to spend so much on our, uh, on our electrical bill
1: is there something that we can do more as realtors in alberta to be advocating for sustainable housing like beyond having conversations like this and a sense of awareness classes available through rise what else should we be doing to be advocating and putting these tools in our toolbox
2: yeah absolutely so i mean rise has recently uh partnered with with area and we uh we have uh, a couple of courses already available for realtors who do want to learn about this stuff and it's not anything too crazy technical again Uh, We've essentially taken our homeowner content and repurposed it, especially for realtors. So you can actually uh, access that right through the area website. And uh, you can find more at buildwithrise.com as well if you want to Get uh, some some deeper knowledge uh, beyond beyond the courses. The course also comes with uh, a nice toolkit for a- after the fact, after you've actually completed the uh, the course, and also um, a designation. So we actually issue a little sticker that you can either put in your email signature or on your website, uh, just to say just to say that uh, that you've taken the course
1: and that you've you made that commitment. I have my toolkit and I have my sticker because I've taken the courses. And I can I can honestly say I agree with you, not too technical at all. Um, really easy, great flow through all of the courses. They're really nicely set up. Even in working in the, in the industry, I, there was like lots of little tidbits that that I learned and picked up on throughout. You know, the, the section, uh, one that really hit home for me, one of my favorite clients to work with are my seniors. And so the inclusive living and just is such an important concept for anyone with main level and you know sound insulation and doors that are large enough to get through with a wheelchair or uh, a walker in time. we have a lot of seniors housing around Lloydminster that still has like big bathtubs. I'm like that's not gonna be functional for someone who you know has uh, has troubles with that inclusivity in the future. So that was a really, really interesting section for me. And the other one that I just felt was really necessary and extremely current right now on the healthy homes was that outdoor winter living spaces. And uh, that
2: was oh, super cool.
1: Yeah, be- really, like really cool section. And I just think, um, you know, but beyond that, you just getting into silly things like, you know, cleaning supplies and really interesting course content. And again, it doesn't mean I have to be turned around and take this and go be the expert with my with my toolbox preaching sustainable housing to everyone, but I have that information base to share with my clients. So really, it's uh, really exciting, and the toolkits are great.
2: Can I flip the script for one second and ask you a question? You bet. You You and I have been on a panel once before, and we have met once or twice. Uh, but I was kind of curious because you you've really become a, a bit of a champion for our mission at Rise, but you know also just sustainability in general. And and I really admire that. And I just wanted to ask. You know, what's, what's your why? Why is that important to you?
1: I'm kind of a professional student. I love learning. I'm, I'm a little sponge. I suck up as much information as I possibly can to be able to share with my clients. I like to be well-informed. And when I explain things to my clients, they know I'm, I'm not the expert, but I feel that I, I do have that value proposition similar to the realtor that you worked with, where I want those resale clients coming back to me because because I'm knowledgeable and I'm informed. And if I don't know something, I'm going to go and I'm going to dig in and I'm going to find out. I'm also like a pretty big advocate for, you know, like anything recycling and upcycling. I'm currently renovating my home right now. And, you know, all of my trim, all of my doors, all of my shelving all went to get upcycled. It's not going in the dumpster. So that's, you know, just an extra level of things that I do in my home. And so the whole idea of, of healthy homes and that sustainability is, is just kind of a core value, I guess, of mine.
2: So, oh, kudos. Yeah. I love hearing that. That's, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, And uh, I just find it, I find it interesting that, you know, with, with your Facebook page and it's, it's either easy watches, right? Like I was watching uh, yesterday, you did three little sessions on insulation and they're like only three to five minutes long and I watched all three so you know it took me 15-20 minutes right but I'm like it is just tools in the toolbox and information is power right so if applied
2: (laughs) if applied that's right it is a it is a big difference I'll tell you I I've gone I've gone to see homes with other realtors since then uh since you know obviously having my realtor but uh, and it's such a difference. You know, you ask simple questions like, is this, you know, what type of insulation is this home uh, is in this home or has this be- house been insulated? And then the answer is just like, yes, it's been insulated. So, okay. Like every home needs to be insulated. Like, can you tell me more? And it's just being able to portray some of these things or, or, or describe some of these things to homeowners goes a long way. And maybe I'm a bit more nitpicky than, than a few folks because I've, I, I live and breathe in this stuff, but it really does go a long way for homeowners. If you really know the product that you're, you're selling. And uh, again, it's not necessarily just a sustainability question. It's just a knowing your, your product.
1: Knowing our product and then being able to speak that homeowner language, right? Knowing to spot the stuff cues before the inspections, right? Like I pride my, I might not, be, I'm not a home inspector. I might not catch everything. I can't see through walls, but when we get that home inspection report, I hope I caught, seven out of 10 of the things that are going to come up on there and that my clients were already well aware of, you know, what they were going to see there. I just think talking, talking the language, uh, with them and there's a, there's a value proposition to that because they, they, they come back having the knowledge and, and, and implementing it, you know, again, it's like more value for commissions, um, more referrals, you know, opportunities for, um, having those discussions online with clients, right? Getting out there on a social media perspective for yourself, um, so so I see value for for ourselves, but also to our for our clients.
2: Yeah, you're totally right.
1: Do you see? I guess I'm in a small center, right? We're fair we're fairly rural area. What are what are the kind of demographics around sustainability when we start talking about like larger centers, early adopters? Are we seeing it in in some areas more than others?
2: Well, as far as our audience goes, uh, most folks that do come to our site come from the larger city centers. That's over five hundred thousand folks and above um, is typically where we see the bulk of our traffic in North America. I think rural areas have different things to worry about. You know, things like a well, or uh, access to electricity, or uh, septic, you know, these types of things that aren't super common in the city. But I think the interest is also there. Um, I just think it's a different set of values as well. I actually think there's really two types of people. And sometimes I really want to be the other the other one. And so right, you know, we live, we live pretty well in the core of our city, not quite downtown, but almost. And uh, so we're, 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 we're pretty central. And there's this part of me that's always like, Oh, I wish I lived in the rural, uh, in a, in a rural area somewhere, had a large piece of land and really took care of that land and farmed and do did all of that sort of stuff. So I think a lot of folks have interests uh, like that. And some people take the plunge and, and go and do that. But yeah, it, it's just a, a completely different lifestyle and different, different priorities. Are, are you asking like, are you wondering because you're seeing different trends in rural settings or?
1: I am. I'm, I'm actually, what we've seen in the last year and a half is, is a fairly large migration, in, in some cases out of major centres, right? And this might not be their primary residence, but through, through COVID and through people being stuck in their homes, our lake properties have gone through the roof, right? So like people are looking for that escape place. Right. We've also I've had tons and tons of activity, like coming out of major centers, people looking to move to small communities because maybe they are not working in the office anymore. They can now work remotely. And um, and one of the biggest things I get questions I get from people coming out of the larger centers is actually about noise pollution.
2: That's yeah, that's a great point. Uh, actually, the city that I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm in Fredericton, New Brunswick. So we're, we're a small again, a small city, about 100000 people. But We've seen the maritimes in general are not really a hot spot for folks, but we we actually are seeing reports now that the U haul centers are completely overwhelmed. Everybody's leaving their trailers here. Uh, everybody's moving out east, and uh, and and a lot a lot of folks that were that moved out west to either for work or you know to Ontario for work are moving back home, mm-hmm. and uh, so I we have. We have seen some of that, but I, I do think, I do think that it does, you know, rural living in general comes with a whole new set of responsibilities. It's a different type of home ownership. And I don't know it. I don't know. I think the jury's still out on whether or not that's a trend that's going to continue or whether it's just, you know, COVID times essentially.
1: Right. And I guess like there's got to be, when you're talking about like the heating systems or the wells or or septic, there's got to be priorities there because those are priorities maybe over those Triple E low argon windows, or those some other expenses, right? You need to have those those key things in place with your systems, you know. But also being, you know, hopefully people will just be more mindful of their footprint, right?
2: I think so. I think uh, just generally speaking, too, this is maybe a a, a pattern that we've observed. But f- folks, generally speaking, are building much more. Uh, are, are, they're building denser than uh, than they used to, even for even for new builds. I, you know. The McMansions of, uh, of 10 years ago, they're, they're sort of starting to fade a bit. Uh, there's all sorts of new, uh, trends emerging in, in almost on the technology side, a little bit of, of, uh, of home improvement and the home improvement industry. So things like prefab, uh, and, and, manufactured homes are seeing a huge surge. Uh, and, and that's essentially where home, you know, building homes is going is, uh, is on the prefab side because, um, you know you can build very precisely if you manufacture it correctly you know we've perfected the car uh for the last century and uh, and that whole assembly line but we un- on- honestly haven't really done the same for homes. so we build very similarly to, to how we did 100 years ago so a lot of that now is being moved to um to manufacturing homes inside a controlled space and that way you can have a much more much more precision around how you build and um and also, obviously, like the tiny home movement, that's another one, the schooly movement. There's a lot of these, you know, new small movements that are starting to emerge and they, they've been sticking around. You know, we thought tiny homes was just a fad, but they're still here. People are still uh, building tiny homes and, and enjoying it. And uh, so I think just the the way that we use our homes as well, obviously, even through COVID, we've learned a lot about how we use our spaces and uh, how we make the best of spa- use of the space that we that we do have. So, and I think that's also why we've seen uh, just the sector literally is on fire right now. There's, you know, uh, you can't get anything anywhere. If you're trying to renovate uh, everything's sold out everywhere, it kind of feels like uh, trades are backed up, you know, two, three, four or five months in advance. So it's, uh, you know, we're we're seeing a lot of movement in the space and homeowners obviously uh, wanting to to make, make the most of being at home.
1: Yeah, Home Depot is pretty much our most popular store right now in my community. <laughs> Just touching on your prefab uh, conversation, uh, we've got a lot of prefab in our area, which th- the thing that excites me about that is the material waste, right? Like when you're doing a prefab home, um, you have the opportunity to eliminate so much of that that waste. So that uh, that's an extra layer that's exciting to me. And I think... For us, it's a, a lot of the reason why it's prefab is that controlled environment, right? Just based upon our weather, like uh, prairie weather out here is uh, it allows people to kind of continue to the process year round.
2: Yeah. And uh, I can see some some changes coming to the industry in general with regards to prefab. Like I was recently looking for a lot uh, for buying a lot and uh, they had covenants in place on that lot in terms of that you you had to follow. And uh, and and one of them was that you you can't build a prefab home here. You can't have a prefab home on the, in the on the lot. And it's kind of an old, again, a, a bit of a, a myth. But like you know, if it's a prefab, then there's a tendency for that prefab to be like a a um, a, a tiny or a, a trailer home.
1: Yeah, a modular home. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and a lot of developers want to mitigate against that and they don't want, uh, they don't want that, t- that type of housing on their land. So I think there's going to be a lot of movement, um, probably in the next five to 10 years on what, whether it's the covenants or how municipalities look at, uh, at, at, lots and zoning, even, you know, tiny homes has, has made us ask a lot of questions around our zoning and what we permit and the size of the homes that should be on those, those plots of land. So those that it's exciting to see that change. And a lot of, uh, a lot of what we've been used to is, is now being challenged more than ever.
1: Just that shift in awareness again, right? Yeah. And, it, and it, again, although I feel, I, I honestly feel it's going to be consumer driven, I think it's got to, we've got to come together as a team, right? To be able to fill all those gaps. And um, again, I, I just, the, the courses that you guys have put out for, for real estate uh, professionals in partnership with uh, with area, again, just great research. Write, great content the writing is is all awesome it's easy to read through and that is just tools in our toolbox to be able to you know it, make these changes with our municipalities and and make these changes with builders to get people moving moving stuff forward
2: yeah we, we really looked at realtors as originally a, a, f- a way for folks to be able to talk for, for us to be able to communicate with homeowners in a different way and that's through the front lines which is which is you guys. You guys get to talk to to homeowners every single day. Homeowners, some that might know more than others. And, uh, it's really as a realtor, your job to make sure that they are, they are well equipped. And so we saw you guys. That's almost a a portal, uh, to help kind of spread the message. And, uh, and hopefully these courses can, can sort of help, uh, in, in your, uh, in your conversations uh, with homeowners.
1: Well, I know the courses are available on the area website, and I would really encourage everyone to uh, to tune in to those courses and check those out. But just as a wrap up here, Matt, uh, anything else that you want to share with us? Like what's new? What's up and coming for you guys? What's next on your list? You
2: know, RISE for the last uh, the last few years has sort of become a a resource for folks. Uh, most of our audience is uh, is in the U.S. and Canada. And uh, we've become a, almost an educational resource for folks to use and consult. And, you know, hopefully we're helping people make better buying decisions. And, uh, and a big step for us this year is that we're actually uh, starting to work with manufacturers to offer those products directly on Rye. So coming to a, an online store near you, you'll soon be able to shop essentially all the, the vetted and researched products that we've we've poured ourselves into in the last few years. You'll be able to get easy access to uh, deliver to your home, uh, like any other seamless service right straight from Rise. So you can expect that in the next few months.
1: So that would be on your your website at www.buildwithrise.com, similar to the rebates and incentives um, on the consumer portals that are available?
2: That's correct. Yeah, you'll be able to shop at shop.buildwithrise.com. And uh, yeah, everything's essentially very seamless. So It'll be a bit of a different shopping experience. Obviously, you'll be able to uh, to shop like any other store, but uh, we've enriched that with educational content so that you know you're making the right decision uh, when you're about to hit that buy button. So uh, that's really look-
1: exciting. I'm looking looking forward to checking that out. And kind of the one one stop shop for sustainability. That's right. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for your for your time, Matt. Great conversation. I will, you know, I look forward to uh, continuing to follow everything that Rise is doing and um, continuing to uh, to hopefully get some more realtors through these courses and add that value proposition for sustainable
0: housing.
2: Thanks so much, Jennifer. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one.
0: If you would like to explore the courses Matt and Jen chat about please go to www.albertarealtor.ca, select courses, course catalog, and explore the RISE fundamentals of sustainable housing and healthy homes options. Also, don't forget to check out the Sustainable Homes Toolkit located on the area resources page. Thanks to Matt and Jen for this information, and thanks to you for listening to the special edition episode. We look forward to seeing you the next time we are in your area.